Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, uh, let's talk some golf, and uh, the Australian Open is uh, on as we speak. In fact, uh, the leading players this morning have already played uh, four or five holes. Uh, incidentally, I can tell you Michael Hendry is uh, at the top of the leaderboard at, at one under. What a great story that is. However, it's being played at the Australian Golf Club in Sydney and the Lakes Golf Course. So over the course of the four days, they'll play on two courses. Uh, we've got plenty of Kiwi interest in it, of course, with the 15 New Zealanders on the start line looking to plunder some of uh, the Aussie prize money that they take such joy in, in doing to our National Open. Uh, it's a busy time in golf for Tiger Woods back and persistent questions about 2024 will bring for the big tours. So it's a perfect time to catch up with a very astute golfing judge. Australian Golf Digest journalist Evan Priest, who usually uh, spends a lot of his time uh, in the United States and uh, naturally, of course, in Australia. But uh, Evan, I, I understand as we speak to you, you're uh, in New Zealand. Yes, yes. Uh, Smithy, I'm in the beautiful country of New Zealand. Um just writing a travel feature about your great nation, and uh, it's good to be back. I, I love this place. My girlfriend's parents are from New Zealand, so uh, a lot of connections here. And uh, it's it's excellent for you to put a number on the amount of Kiwis uh, playing the Australian Open this week. I didn't realise it was 15. Uh, some great stories there, particularly, uh, like you mentioned, Michael Hendry and, of course, uh, Ben Campbell, who won the Hong Kong Open a couple of weeks ago. You guys have to be pretty stoked about that, and I think he's a really good chance. He's played a lot of golf in Sydney, and it should be a really good Australian Open. I think it will too, because two very testing courses, and and of course uh, they're playing the the uh, women's Australian Open at the same time, Evan. That's right. Yeah, it's the second year of this mixed gender format. Um, you know, it's it's played for a number of reasons. It's a cost cutting measure to have two uh, championships being held at the same time, but but also it was it was a reason to uh, to try something new. The first national open in the world of golf to have a mixed gender format and. As they get through the teething issues, I think over the years they'll fine-tune it and it will be fantastic. There's a few changes from last year's debut to this year and uh, they'll keep moving forward with those. And it's going to be really great to see uh, on Sunday afternoon the Men's Australian Open crowned and then uh, only minutes before that the Women's Australian Open uh, champion crowned. So it's going to be a cracker. Well, uh, last week's winner, Min Woo Lee. What future do you see for this bloke now that he's opened up doors uh, throughout the DP Tour and, of course, the PGA as well? Yeah, Smithy, I think it's a huge future ahead ahead for Min Woo Lee. I think it's just such a great narrative and storyline for the game of golf to have two siblings, Min Ji Lee, the LPGA two-time major winning uh, champion, and, and her younger brother, Min Woo Lee, both on the world stage, both in the top you know, 40 in their respective rankings in the world. Um, and I think it, the way that in which he won, he sort of got out to a big lead, lost it, got it back, chipped in for Eagle, 
you know, basically was cooking sausages in the hospitality tents. He did all of the above um, en route to victory. And I think just the way in which he won, I think it will give him a lot of confidence going forward because he's already played some really good golf on the big stages and the major championships as well, but hasn't been able to play that greater you know, golf on, on Sundays at those big tournaments. It's always he plays his best golf through to Saturday night and then gets a little uh, shaky on the Sunday. But I think he'll now have the confidence to really put the foot on the gas on that final day and we could see big things from him in 2024. Uh, we also, um, during this tournament, are seeing some live golfers back into the fold. And, and of course, we saw them last week as well. Uh, so you look, we're talking about uh, Cameron Smith. We're talking about Mark Leishman, whose performance was very creditable, uh, as was uh, that of uh, Joachim Neiman, who's holding one, of course, on the way to his uh, pretty handy finish as well. But Cam Smith was a major disappointment. What are you expecting this week? Uh, sorry, sorry, Smithy. Could you just repeat that question? Uh, Cam Smith, uh, what are you expecting this week from him? Cam, Cameron Smith, I really expect him to bounce back. Uh, you know, he, he really took that personally last week, the way he the way he played in uh, Brisbane. And, um, you know, it's just not up to his standards. So he spent the weekend working really hard with his coach, Grant Field. Um, and he's the sort of sort of bloke that can really fire up after a disappointment. I, I think back to last year. Um, when he when he won the Open Championship at St Andrews, he had a really terrible uh, third round and bounced back and shot 64 on the final day to win the Open at St Andrews. So he's not afraid of responding to setbacks, and I think he's going to be right up there. He's he's had a great record at at the two courses um, that have individually held the Australian Open, uh, the Australian Golf Club, and the Lakes. Both he's played, you know, he's had top tens at Australian Opens while they've been held there, and. Uh, he's got a good record in the Australian Open. He was second, you know, he lost in a playoff to Jordan Spieth back in 2016. So I, I really expect him to bounce back and uh, and show the, the, the true champion that he is. Evan Louie here, mate. Great to have you on the program. Thanks for making some time. I'm wondering with the different tours and all of the headaches coming uh, in the boardrooms and courtrooms, are some of these guys struggling with that? uncertainty and uncertainty of schedule. Michael Glading last week said that that for pro golfers at the moment, one of the hardest things to work out is schedule and calendar. Do you think that's starting to weigh on some of these guys? Yeah, Louis. No, I, I don't think it is, to, to be really honest. Um, whether whether the deal goes ahead or not, they the, yeah, the two, if, if you divide uh, golf into three, into the PGA Tour, the European Tour and Live Golf, they all kind of know their schedules for 2024, and I don't think this this framework deal, uh, which is you know a, a joint entity between the PGA Tour and Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, uh, and and the deadline for that deal is December 31, a month from now. So whether that goes ahead or not, I don't think it changes the way they play their golf going forward. Some of the, you know, if you call them the the, the B players on the PGA Tour, know that they're not going to be in all the biggest events. The best players know that they are in the biggest events, and then. On Live Golf, they've already released their schedule for 2024. So I don't think it's, you know, golfers are pretty unflappable characters as it is, and I don't think this is weighing on their mind. I think it's more just curiosity uh, is probably the word I'd use to describe it, Louis. Mm. Interesting thing uh, for me, Evan, too, uh, is about how they're going to sort this out. Now, Jay Monaghan, of course, was the boss of uh, the commissioner of the PGA. Uh, is he, is he, do you feel as if he's a bit of a scapegoat here? I mean, someone had to try and bring it back together. Someone had to be up front. And, um, you know, he was always going to upset some people along the way. Looks like Jay Monaghan is, uh, is going to be gone because of that. 
people like Phil Mickelson over the top happy um, about that result as well. What have you made of Monaghan's performance? Yeah, it's really hard to, to measure Monaghan's performance. He, you know, there's arguments to be made that he's not an effective leader. Um, it, it's also, you know, he really ha- – I don't think he had a whole lot of choice in his decisions. You know, I think some of the members on the, the board of the PGA Tour were making the decisions behind the scenes, and he's really the uh, the face of those decisions. So um, I just think that the PGA Tour put itself in a position where it, where, where it was um, necessary to – to make these sort of decisions because they they did not evolve or in, innovate their product for for a long time uh, and it left it open to someone you know, a rival tour coming in and offering some more money and also on top of that the PGA Tour has always been a charity which which restricted the the finances in in some degrees of the, of what they could offer their players and as soon as there was some private equity in the form of uh, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, it made it really tough to compete with that, with the large sums they were able to hand out. So um, it's just sort of a, a unique set of st- circumstances that <laughs> I, I'm not really qualified enough to judge Jay Monaghan's performance. But at the same time, you know, you, you can you can sit there and write articles about the perception of it. And I would say that half the PGA Tour thinks he's done a great job and half the PGA Tour thinks he's done a terrible job. And sometimes that comes down to the rank-and-file players feel like they haven't been heard and even some of the top stars were a little unhappy. Tiger Woods just mentioned that in his press conference that he was frustrated at some of those decisions being made behind the scenes without his consultation or Rory McIlroy. So, um, yeah, yeah, hard question to answer there, Smithy. Well, it's that's kind of a good segue, if because I was just wondering that as you were as you were talking, I heard that Tiger presser, and I wondered, is there from being around the, the locker room and being around the the players, over time have their stance and has their stance on the guys that left for live softened that it will be amicable enough? I mean, they all get on for the most part, don't they? Or, or was this a bit of an actual divide from the golfers themselves? No, they've always they've always remained quite friendly because a lot of them play a lot of golf together in the Jupiter area of Florida. You know they, or, or you know Scottsdale, Arizona, for that matter. Um, they, they, it's really only a couple of characters that went across to live golf that that flung some crap back towards the PGA Tour. That you know w- were never popular anyway when they were on the PGA Tour, and now that they're over there, it's just even less of a reason for these guys uh, to talk to them. So. But I would say 90 to 95% of the players, you see them at the major championships. They Sometimes they play practice rounds together. They, they exchange phone calls. There's, there's no bad blood. They play a lot of uh, friendly matches between each other back you know, in their homes of Jupiter and Scottsdale and Dallas and whatnot. So I wouldn't say there's any bad blood. And with this deal, it's just there's no bad blood yet. It's more, it's more um, waiting to see what happens in terms of allowing live golfers to come back to the PGA Tour, if at all. That's where there could be some some tension because uh, some of the guys that stayed loyal to the PJ Tour feel like they uh, turned down a lot of money, and whether that's true or not, it, there's there's some varying degrees of truth there. Um, they certainly don't want live golfers to have a cakewalk back onto the PJ Tour, so we'll we'll watch with uh, curiosity to see how it all pans out. Yeah, well, one of those guys was actually outspoken about them having to pay some sort of penalty, uh, aside from Rory. It was John Rahm, who seems to be top of the shopping list all of a sudden. He does, yeah. These, these rumours are always fascinating. Um, there's, there's some smoke there, I suppose, when you consider that, that John Rahm's agency, Sport 5, 
um, has had a few players, including Phil Mickelson, go to live golf. Um, but there's really that's the only merit in 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 those those rumours. You know, I, I don't see John Rahm going to live golf. I just think he's too serious a golfer, and he needs that 72 hole stroke play competition and play. He needs to play 60, 70 year old events because he's a real golf geek and a real history buff of the sport. So I, I just can't see him shifting across. And he said multiple times that, um, you know, he's, he's worth a hundred, couple hundred million dollars and, and, and a couple hundred more wouldn't really change his lifestyle. So if he stays true to his word, I don't think he'll go to live golf. Um, but as we've seen with live golf, sometimes they can really topple some big characters and bring them across. So you, you never know. Where's Greg Norman and all this, all of a sudden, He's still he's still there. Uh, he's a little less public than he was probably the first six to twelve months of Live Golf's life. Um, he's he's taken more of a uh, behind the scenes operator role as opposed to you know doing a press conference or an interview a day, which it seemed like he was doing for a while there to really drum up some hype for this new league. He's now you know sort of networking with um, stakeholders and trying to trying to get pitches made from different countries around the world to, to, to host live golf events going forward. So he's certainly um, operating behind the scenes. You know, a lot of people have said that he's, he's out and that, you know, live golf can't go forward if he's on board. And sometimes that's true. You know, uh, some people in the world don't like Greg Norman and some people do, but I think for the most part, the players on live golf are certainly supporters of his. Okay, interesting. Um, obviously, um, the television companies, uh, those that have got golf rights anywhere around the world, uh, will be interested to uh, hear that Tiger uh, is looking to perhaps get back on the tour in, a, in a, an abbreviated fashion, but looking to play at least once a month. Do you think uh, that uh, will eventuate? I can't see it at the moment. Uh, once a month is, is hugely ambitious. You think that's about 10 tournaments a year and... Uh uh, and that's really challenging, you know. The way the way that his leg is and 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 the, the pain kind of defers to other parts of the body. Walking seventy two holes plus practice rounds, we're talking, you know, a hundred holes a week. What's that? Um, nearly eighty ninety kilometers a week. It's, that's that's a lot of walking for for someone who's had a fused. I think it's called subtalar. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but uh, the the ankle fusion that he's had. Um, you know, that's a lot of stress on the body, and then. To be able to compete uh, with that kind of, let's call it a, you know, a disability or a handicap to the rest of the field, to be able to compete with the world's best golfers while you're limping around, that that's really hard to do. Um, so I, I, I see him playing more between five and eight tournaments in a best case scenario. We saw uh, we saw this year, I should say, that you know, if 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 a particular event has some really cold weather, it really messes around with his foot. We saw at the Masters, he withdrew after the third round. He actually made the cut, but withdrew after the third round and uh you know sometimes it's weather dependent sometimes it's just dependent on, the, on his body that week so i don't see more than about five to six maybe seven at best case tournaments from tiger woods in 2024 and sometimes that's all we need you know if he if he contends at the open championship or at the masters it's um it'll be biblical so uh it, it's just good to see just just to know that he does intend to play some tournaments in 2024 that's a good sign i think I think people should take that win as it is, you know.
Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think there's a bad side to that at all. Uh, just getting back to the Australian Golf Open, I, I can tell you actually both uh, the siblings are on the course at the moment. Uh, Min Woo Lee is at the top of the lead. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Min Ji Lee is at the top of the leaderboard one under and her brother is uh, even at the moment. So just in the early stages of their first round. We've talked about Cam Smith. We've talked about Min Woo. Um, is this a, a, a tournament uh, perhaps that a, an Adam Scott could break back through again or a Mark Leishman after last week's an impressive performance. Who do you, if you were having to put a lazy 10 on, uh, a possibility, who would you be thinking? It's a good question. I, I, uh, uh, I, so I've said this on Big Sports Breakfast yesterday that uh, Rakuya Hoshino, he finished second last week at the Australian PGA. He's a hell of a player from Japan. Uh, and I, 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 I might have had a little flutter on him at $34. I think he's a great bet. And, and I just checked the scores before and he, he had birdied the first hole to take the very, very early lead. So uh, he, he was one I was certainly looking at. But to answer your question about Adam Scott or Mark Leishman, absolutely. You know, Adam Scott was was right up there in contention last week. He just didn't have that six gear that he could jump into that Minwoo Lee did. And, and of course, Mark Leishman's ball striking was, was back to some of its best and he was making putts. So uh, either of them could play really well and, uh, and win this Australian Open. And, and it would do significant things for, for each of them individually if they were to win it. And, and let's hope that one of them does because that would be a great story. Hey, Evan, I know you know that the boys, Sam Pinfold and Cam Smith, quite well. Uh, They're obviously out there. Did you know that Pinner has a, uh, a horse debuting today that's going to start favourite at Otaki? No, no, I did not. What's the, what's the name of it? The horse is it's called Full Force. So full force, and it's in race number three at Otaki. It's a two-year-old. It's $2.20 favourite. So hopefully Cam can go low um, so Sam can have a very, very good day and he, as his horse debuts and, and obviously he gets some, um, you know, his, his job's nice and straightforward because I understand it was a bit tricky at points last week. Obviously those boys were on the back foot a wee bit. <laughs> well, you know Pinner, and you know that it'll be killing him that he can't watch that race live if <laughs> if the timing doesn't work out. So, uh, and and of course, I don't know if I I don't believe he's allowed to check his phone on the course, Pinner, nor nor would he attempt to either. So uh, that that'll kill him. But I'm oh, sure of as soon not. as he gets off the of course <laughs> he wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as he gets off the course, I imagine he'll be walking in that scoring tent with Smithy and, and checking those results from the races. So uh, good luck to Full Force today. Hey, I'd say it's going to be a good one. I can tell you, uh, Cam Smith is one under after four, so uh, he's made a decent sort of start this week, and your man is uh, now two under after four as well, your uh, Hoshino, so uh, you've, uh, your 34 is looking encouraging anyway. Uh, just before we let you go, even uh, golf courses around New Zealand, do you, are you getting a chance to, to have uh, a look at some of them? If you, were, if you had a, a, an option or a, a chance to play or a choice to play, where, where would you base yourself around New Zealand? Oh God! What a cracking question. Well, uh, uh, I've got an, I've got a, a, a friendship with with Royal Wellington, and, and that's a absolutely outstanding golf course. Um, you know, you know, I, I might have to choose the, the Wellington area because you got Royal Wellington, obviously, and then you got Patapata Umu Beach, not far away, where where both Pinner and the great Steve Williams both grew up caddying and playing golf. So, Wellington seems like a lovely area, but honestly, it's New Zealand the entire. Both islands are full of remarkable golf. You've got Queenstown, you've got up at Napier and Hawke's Bay with the with the beautiful Cape Kidnappers, which is actually uh, mm-hmm. undergoing a, a change of ownership to the Rosewood Hotel Group. And then you've got um, 
you know, all, you, you, like take your pick. It's just absolutely unbelievable, Queenstown, I, I, New Zealand. I, I love coming back here. I love visiting my girlfriend's uh, family. So, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I think I'd have to choose Wellington. Good on you, mate. A lot of people in the capital listening, they'll be very happy with that. Hey, Evan, fantastic to catch up with you, mate, and, and, and get your thoughts on a number of issues across uh, the golfing landscape. Fantastic. Um, I'd love to catch up with you again at some point. Enjoy the rest of your time uh, over here. It's been great. Smithy and Louis, thanks for having me on as always.